Danny Wright. We are Color Scheme. The most dynamic mother and son pair. Talking on topics like entrepreneurship, personal development, being your personal best, navigating corporate America, you name it. We got you. So join us, listen to these episodes. We got something for everybody. This is the best podcast out. If you listen to it, you will win. We're back <laughs> one more time. Yes, they can't. They can't get rid of us. They can't get no, rid of us. No, we're still here. They can't get rid of us. Someone <laughs> told me a little secret, and it was like this episode. We need to talk about being black. Yep. Yep. This is the black episode. You get to talk about. You get this where you thrive. This is like when you do your. I thing. mean, I am black. I'm throwing the magic your way. I'm black in America. I mean, it's. it's You've been black in America for for, for for a while. You know, I think on, I think on one of our previous episodes we said you know black people only been free about 30, 30 40 yeah, years so yeah, yeah. You, you only been you only you black people only been free as long as you live that's so true, you that's know true. and I think you know I've been I've been thriving I've been living and trying to navigate it and you know it's lots to talk about it's lots to talk so you got about. dimes to drop for I people I think so I think I think you do too because you know we forget you and your co-founders are running a nonprofit that is. You know, the presence is three young black men. It's a nonprofit, so we're not going to say it's owned by black people, but it's a nonprofit managed by three young black men. So, I mean, hello. Lots to say around that, too. <laughs> Lots to say around that, too. True. So, you have a lot to offer and talk about, too. All right, so. so, you know, all right, let's see, let's see what people can get from it. Let's see what people can yeah. get from it. I think that, um, I guess, I guess just thinking about black businesses and going off of where you just yeah. were with the three black co-founders running right. a non-profit, like, it's important to support black businesses, right? Yeah, like, it is. It's, and, it's, not, it's not many of us. No, it's not. And I think, you know, not only is it not many, but the success rate of those that start and are able to continue to thrive over a long period of time, that number is low. You know, when we look at the numbers across, you know, from start to end, you know, the, the black companies that are continuing to thrive 10, 15, 20, you know, beyond that years, they're far and few. So, and then now, in co- you know, with the height of COVID-19, we're seeing that a lot of those successful businesses have, have had to close their doors because they weren't able to sustain their businesses. And then follow that up with the fact that we've had the CARES Act, which has, you know, trillions of dollars for, to keep businesses thriving uh, for like the Paycheck Protection Program and others. And many of those weren't able to to qualify to even receive that, but you guys were. So we should talk about that. We should talk about the fact that we should talk. We should start with yeah, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Let's th- let's let's throw it your way because really, I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that you guys started this company. What was it? Four years ago now. Four years ago, right? You started it. You started a nonprofit. Two of our companies actually got two cares act money. Oh, good partners and good projects. Yeah. Right? So two companies. Danny Wright, baby. (laughs) Financial financial extraordinary. Actually, I can't even say fun fact. This is a horrible fact, but only 95% of black businesses, I mean, 95% of black businesses did not get PPP funding. That's a lot. That is crazy. That number is It's not that many of us. 95% of us did not get PPP loans. And it's supposed to go towards small businesses? Yep. So there's a problem. There's a huge problem. This administration throwing smoke screens in front of us. Yeah, it's so like watching like a, a cartoon. To, yeah, we need to unpack that. We need to talk about what Smoke you screen. know the problems that happened there to get us to the point of all these companies being ineligible. 
So some of them weren't even denied. They just weren't, they couldn't even qualify. They couldn't even qualify to be able to apply to get a denial. They were just flat out ineligible and I don't, from the start. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to take us through a history lesson real quick, but, you know, when we talk about, and this, this goes back to one of the other episodes that we've had, but when we talk about having a seat at the table, yeah, like, this is a prime example of that because when you have a seat at the table, when someone like you or I have a seat at the table, let's say at one of these administrations or when, you know, one of these congressional leaders is actually talking through the, the criteria of right. administering a program like this yep. to, to give money to small businesses, yep. that's where someone like me says, hey, this this stipulation for someone to get funding isn't right, right? So yeah, like when, we look at it, when we look yep. at it and, and we, we look at PPP funding, I saw it when I was applying and they said that if you had, uh, if you had, uh, if you were, a, if you ever, if you ever had any, if you ever a felon or had ever been arrested, you know, on, on certain charges, like you couldn't get funding. And I, I merely thought to black people, cause I'm yeah. like, when we think about, you know, the war on drugs, when we think about mass incarceration, when yep. we think about the, the history, issues. Yep. right? Like yep. in the history yep. of this country, so many of us yep. have not been able to, it, it hinders us from getting jobs. Yep. And then as you see... It hinders us from getting yep. funding when we have a business, right? And yep. like, yep. And so many people don't understand the cyclical nature mm-hmm. of these systemic issues and how they relate. How they to, show up, they show up, and and no Later. one sees it, yeah. right? Like no yep. one sees it. I haven't heard anyone talk about that, right? Yeah. Like, it has and it's a problem. Yeah. So when we say why does ninety five percent of black businesses not get PPP funding? Well, one. A lot of black business owners, you know, have been arrested in some, in yeah, some, in some, some challenges with the law in some right? capacity. In yep. some capacity because yep. Yep. that is how our country has set up our systems and our laws yep. to keep black people down, right? Yep. And then from that same, from that same instance, like that automatically probably knocked out a good portion. Right. Yep. You yep. know. And then yeah, we talked about this on a previous episode that relationship having a relationship with your your bank, have an established relationship with your bank. That was one thing that helped you all. Like along the way, you had relationships with the um, the banks that you all did business with. So even if, but, you know, we still have that strike there. That strike is still, you know, evident if you, you know, had challenges with, with the law and that kind of, you know, strikes you I mean, out. Because I can but think even about... understanding other ways to get, a, if there was a way to get around that for other programs, you'd have to have a relationship with your bank to be able to know what those are. Yeah. And it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I, and I don't want to take us off topic and, and start going into mass incarceration and, and locking Yeah, like, why is that up. question even asked? But, like... Why is it even asked? When... Co- Committing a crime, whether you did it or not, whether it's because of the law or not, right. does not constitute a life sentence exactly. or being strapped down and handicapped for the rest of your life. Yep. Once you serve your time, you should be able to live. But in live. a lot of instances, it does, and it impacts black people. And I can think, I can think, you know, immediately to the Georgetown Pivot Program, which is a program, you know, run through the business school at Georgetown University where you know it's this program to teach career building skills and help individuals that have been incarcerated when they return it helps them one like i said yeah. career building skills and then two yeah. start their own businesses and i all of them are amazing individuals yep. that are really striving to get their lives together and this has been going this program's been going on for two years and when i think about all of them that may or may not have started businesses two years ago they couldn't get funding this right, year. Right. And they 
Yeah, Serve the time, a great example of it. put in time and work to get their certi- to get certifications, to go through school, to start their businesses, and then you can't get funding. Yep. And and so when we talk about like the value of black businesses and why it's so important to support black businesses, it's one just looking at the systemic issues that yeah. you know we face in this country in general. Yep, from right? the start. From the start. Yeah, from the start. And that has nothing to do with, that's not even going into like black buying power right. or what we do for the economy it's just about how or what the we do for hiring. Yeah, and, and this, this is a way to help us, to help people sort of overcome some of those systemic issues that have been set up from the, from the very beginning. Yeah. And um, it, it, it just, you know, that example that you just mentioned, having someone go through all those steps to to establish a business and then have this huge hurdle now how do you overcome that you know that's that's sort of the plight of a lot of black people in this country right now that want to establish businesses and need the help so um so so back to to you guys because i know you were able to you 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 know you founded the business you were able to set up relationships with banking um, what other kinds of, I would say, you know, because I know we want to talk about, we want to unpack some of the challenges and some of the impediments, and we want to talk about um, black buying power and the black dollar and, and all of that. But I, but I want to make sure people hear sort of a success story and sort of the good news stories about how you guys were able to kind of find a path and some of the support that you might have received in order to do that. Because you, you were faced with challenges, I think, just like any, any other organization that has started out. But I think some of the things that you guys did was you sought out contracts that helped you know, young inner city kids in DC. You found funding opportunities that were set aside for community organizations to to support programs and things yep. like that. So, um, you know, maybe from some of that, you know, I think those are things that people will want to know because a lot of people want to get started and they're, they're experiencing these hurdles and these, these these challenges and you guys have been able to overcome, I think, quite a lot. In, in my mind, it comes down to two things. One, adaptability and two, endurance. Yeah. Right, so when I speak about adaptability, you know, we have... We may only have one or two programs running at any given point in time now, you know, because we cut a lot of contracts and we focus, we're focused on one community. But I understand when I'm writing grants or going for contracts that those one or two programs can, can relate to a multitude of, of different funding streams, even if we don't say it outwardly, yeah. you know, on the onset. And what I mean by that is there are a multitude like when we talk when we talk about the 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 social determinants of poverty right like that comes down to hunger that comes down to healthcare that comes down yeah. to mental mental health that comes down to you know a multitude of different issues and so we may only have a kids program you know you know doing academics you know after school for kids but in our program because we feed the kids that addresses hunger yeah because we are ensuring that you know we're looking at their um, IEPs, like we're addressing their mental health, you know, concerns. IEP is uh, uh, individualized education, education plans, plan. right? Because we are doing COVID testing and making sure they're wearing masks now. We're addressing healthcare, yeah. right? And the financial part because it's free. Financial part because yeah. it's free, and academic is education. So yeah. we do one simple program and, and I understand like as a business owner, yeah. 
that that crosses a multitude of different fields. And so, you know, what I think, what I think one of the, the biggest, one of the biggest challenges that, you know, not even just black people, but, but business individuals as, as a whole don't always understand is how to make their business yep. relate to the funding that's available yep. or to pivot, you know, when that happens. So another prime example, right? My dad has a construction company, right? He does development, he does construction, you know, he does remodeling, et cetera, et cetera. But because he is, you know, a minority business owner and he has a CBE, a certified business entity through DC government, you know, when COVID happened, there was a bunch of contracts that went out to, to do like COVID response, right? Because he's already in the database to be as a minority business owner, a easy pivot for him, not even a pivot, but yeah, transition to another, COVID cleaning. Yeah, so he immediately started, you know, he applied for this quick, I helped him to apply for this quick COVID cleaning contract, yep. right? Because what his guys already know how to clean because when they do remodeling, they, they clean up the clean. space, right, right? right? So like, that's easy. That's something that he does that isn't his prime, that isn't his prime business, right? but it's an easy, quick pivot. And then boom, next thing you know, he has yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars in, con- in a yeah. contract during COVID because he was able to be adaptable and he was able to think, um, to, to look at his business and their operations from, you know, an external lens, I would yeah. say, to say, how can I manipulate this or make this fix or, or, or stand in these two factors, yeah. you know, of, a, of the funding streams. And so, so that's one, adaptability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two, endurance, right? And here's, a, here's another good example. When we looked at the presidential debate, um, the vice presidential debate, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of the things they kept saying is when you, the, these, the, the commentators afterwards say, like, when you're in a debate, you have to keep saying your point over and over yeah. again yeah. throughout the debate because, yep. one, some viewers are talking to people, they're in and out, like, people are going to miss it, yep. right? And when I think about business and I think about applying to different funding streams, it's the same thing. We have been, you know, at good, we have been relatively successful because we repeat our story, yeah. right? Like what we're doing, yeah. how we're impacting our kids and yeah. why it's important, right? Over and over again. We don't get tired of having that same conversation, yeah. regardless of whether we're talking to a funder, regardless of whether we're talking to a government official, regardless of whether we're on social media, Right. And the story. that's what it is. It's like the soundtrack playing. And I can think uh-huh. about and I can think about I can think about, um, you know, my friends over at Key Two Coffee, Super Coffee, you know, uh, the DeSico brothers. Right. Every single time they're on an interview or when you look at their newsletter, when you look at their social media, it's always they have they have really cultivated a brand, a brand around the three brothers. Yeah. Right. Even when they send their emails, it's like. You know, Jim DeSico, da, 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 and his signature would say Jim DeSico, first brother. You know, Jake DeSico, second brother. Jordan DeSico, third brother, right? Yeah. Like they have created that story around them being brothers, you know, beyond like the fitness and yeah. the healthy living. And so when it comes down to, to black businesses, right, taking it back to our point, black businesses, we have to be unapologetically strong with talking about our story, talking yeah. about why we're doing what we're doing. Whether that's you started your business because the job market sucked, right. you started your business because there was unconscious bias. Um, in the case of 60, uh, 67 Naturals, you started your business because you wanted to create a 
you know, a, a, a healthy skincare product for your yep. sons. Talk about your story. Right. Because, you know, what I've learned when it comes down to black businesses, we all have unique stories of right. why we started what we started. Always. And I think sometimes we do tend to suppress that. Yeah. And, and one reason why I think we do it is because it's so personal to us. But our per- the personal part of that. It's what, is, makes, yeah, it's, it's what makes people yep, buy into it. Yep. Yeah, people will buy into your story because it, it pulls on it, not just to pull on their heartstrings like it's an intentional move to do that, but people are emotionally driven. They're emotionally driven and they want to like you. They want to like you and like your product and like what you're about. So I think it is important for us to, as black people, tell people what our stories are. And I think one of the things you, you mentioned was an excellent point. Over and over and over again. Not yeah. one time, you know, when we publish a newsletter, not one time when we're interviewed, over and over and over again. So people understand this is why we exist. This is why we're motivated. This is what we want to do. And people will remember that story and they will remember that they are aligning themselves to a product that really was homegrown yeah. based on your experience. And, you put you love know, into it. When we talk about when we talk about it. cooking, I remember I remember I remember back in the day when we used to talk about pop up cooking on like Thanksgiving or holidays <laughs> and his sweat would, would go into the his sweat would go into the food. And he'd be like, that's love. He'd be like, that's love. Right? That's love. We put love into our products. <laughs> right. We put love that's into our brands, right? True. Like that's that's yeah. what we do. Yep. Yep. That's what it's we true. do. Right. And it's so true. it's very important for black businesses to to share that that off authenticity yeah. you know with any one of our consumers so or clients is never getting tired of doing that yeah. don't ever tire of doing that do it over and over and over and build again. up your capacity to do that right yeah. because you aren't going to just start out with that endurance right you know right. it's like it's like i've said this before it's like working out yeah. you know the first time you go running you can be a little tired mile one right. right but if you keep doing that week by week day by day you right. know in a couple in a couple of weeks you'll be at around five miles sure. and that first mile is gonna be easy yeah. but you have to build up that capacity you have to build up your endurance when it comes down to talking about the story the story of your business yeah. and talking about why your business matters why people should support you why you know um, your business is is valuable because we don't get the credit that we deserve as black business owners we like just the way yeah. you know um our society is yeah it's is people don't understand the plight of a black person right you know, right. it, that's just that's just plain and simple. That's true. That's, that's just true. plain and simple. And and like we just talked about, we have to we have to do it too. We have to speak loud and proud about, you know, our personal experiences and why we came to be when it comes to establishing our businesses. And I think it's important to, to say that and brand yourself against that. Yeah. So, um so I mean, like just just thinking about the challenge like we have as black people, we have so many challenges you know, already stacked up against us just right. in life. Yep. And so being a black business owner, those challenges don't get any easier just because you started your own business. Right. In fact, they get a little harder. Yeah. Right. And I, even at the onset, like starting your business is, is hard in itself because, I mean, we know, you know, the studies and statistics show that um, oftentimes black people are starting their businesses with their own money, with their mm-hmm. own savings. 
um, or with credit cards. You know, they're borrowing from their credit cards. And Black people are less likely to have like friends and family yeah, to give that can have, give to them. Right, and we, to start and we know businesses. other cultures have mothers and fathers that have put money away that can say, "Hey, here is you know a couple of whatever thousands of dollars to help you start their businesses." We have not been able to establish that sort of precedence for our families. So a lot of times when we're starting businesses, we're starting them from scratch on our own. I mean, I'm going to go back to the point that I made before. Black people have only been free for about 40 years. Right, right. You know? Right. We've only been free for about 40 yeah. years, so we don't got generational wealth no, like we do not. A, lot of we other, do not. a lot of other cultures. Yep. We just don't. Yep. You know? Yep. So we're starting from, we're starting at, at, at the ground, at the bottom. But we're on level. the up and up. We're coming. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. We have, we've had more black businesses in the past, I would say, from 2017 to 2020, booming, thriving, much more than ever before. Now we know that there's been a significant hit with COVID. About, Nobody saw that happen. About 40% of black yeah. businesses have closed during COVID so far. Yeah, which is like that, that number alone. Yeah. That, and it's, the, it's and heartbreaking. The thing is, it's, it's heartbreaking. The thing is, when we talk about, you know, there's so many campaigns about um, Bad Black. You know, there's hashtag Black, Bad Black day week you know we have all these kind of spotlights on buying black but what you know i want to make sure people understand it's not buying black just because oh it's cool you know we have racial inequality we should be supporting black people um you know for all the other races out there it's not just about it in that sense it's really about doing it for the betterment of the economy so if you continue to choose make a choice to support non-black businesses and black businesses are not continuing to be able to thrive and flourish, then you're causing more of a dent in, what do we have, 13 to 14% of black people in this country, for over 40 million people, you're causing a bigger dent in not just the racial inequality piece, but look at all the social programs that we're gonna need to put in place for all of these people who are not able to thrive and be successful yeah. in employees, business owners. So the downstream effect is if you don't if you don't choose to buy black, if you don't choose to support black black businesses, black businesses are going to continue to fail. If they continue to fail, that means people don't have money. When people don't have money, they have there's a huge financial disparity that we're creating, even more profound than what we have today. Yeah. So what happens when you have people in this country that don't have money to be able to sustain the lives of themselves and their their families? What happens? We have to develop programs to help them. It, it, we, we cannot sustain this country with just taking a blind eye and just letting people just fall to the wayside. We know that programs will continue to need to, to pop up and, and to be supportive of, of people that don't have the, the financial um, influence within their communities to be able to sustain their lives. So that's the downstream effect. So buying black is not just cool. Yep. Buying black helps our society to thrive and grow. 54% of new... New jobs last year came from small businesses. Yep, yep. So we a good portion of which yeah. Was so black. We're, you know, so you, when you're buying black, you are um, supporting new businesses and, and supporting their ability to thrive and grow. But you're also creating jobs. All of yeah. this stimulates the economy. All of this helps all of us. Yeah. It doesn't just help black people. It helps everyone. It does. So and you know, a lot of people just don't understand just the the, the challenges of you know, black people, like, like I said, like, black people are more likely to have, to be in debt, right? Yeah. Like, from student loans, yep. to from start, bills, starting out. you know, when it comes yeah, down to, to access to capital, you know, black people get higher interest rates, yep. you know, yep. I want to say recently, I was, I was looking at another study about 50, 
a little bit more than 50% of black businesses were denied loans yeah. compared to 25% of yeah. white businesses. Yeah. That's yeah. significant. Yeah, it's when it comes down to really to, to being able to, to jumpstart your business, to jumpstart the economy, like that, that difference should not be there. You know, and it comes yeah. down to unconscious bias. It comes down to, you know, the way, you know, our, our systems and, and structures and, and, you know, laws and policies are set up and just, yeah. you know, how we, how people view, you know, one another. It, it's just yeah. really unfortunate. And then on the education piece, um, like you said, so black people that are starting out businesses are already starting out in debt, personal debt. Um, and some of that is because of student loans. So black people now are more educated than ever before. We have more um, college educated people in this country than, we ev than we've ever had. So we have more college edu educated people that can uh, have access to, to more mm -hmm. so that they can establish businesses because we're learning, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're discovering new avenues for income. But then we hit this wall <laughs> to start a business because we can't get a loan or we, yeah. can't get, uh, we can't raise capital from investors. There's all these doors that are closed. So then what? So this is what keeps happening. These problems keep being perpetuated where black people um, jump, you know, a number of hurdles to get to a point where we want to be. But then here's some other doors or some other hurdles in our way. So when you think about the number of businesses that are starting out and, and like we said, using um, savings or credit cards and other ways to to start their business, they already have this 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 baggage of debt that they still have to 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 pay off when yeah. it comes to education and, and maybe credit card expenses and other things and perhaps personal loans. Like you said, when we can actually get those loans, the interest rates are astronomical. So yeah. being able to manage all how that. Many, how many experiences have you had with like high interest rates and, and, and some of that, the, the borrowing? Yeah. Oh, for me in the beginning, it was just ridiculous. Of... It, was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. So for me, when I, when I finally, uh, you know, got to the place of, um, applying for credit cards or applying for auto loans and things like that. When I first started out yeah. in my early years, every all of, every interest rate for anything that I applied for was was high mm -hmm. because I didn't have established credit. So that was one of the challenges for me as a young person. I know that can happen to anyone, but then I also had student loan debt too. So I had other I had you know, limited credit. And then I had some debt that was, uh, that I was already carrying with me. So one of the avenues that I decided to take as a young person was to, um, acquire loans from credit unions because, you know, credit unions at the time, you know, this is in the nineties, um, some of the credit unions for the, the jobs that I had had better interest rates. But even for me being a young person without having good established credit my interest rates were still higher than they should be and that's that's the story i think for a lot of people and i know it's not just black people that experience that but if you couple that with you know if you're in a position where you want to start a business and you want to go a different route other than the traditional nine to five you have that as an impediment so i had to get financially savvy and a little bit more literate around um you know things like refinancing so i could get a lower rate eventually and um, uh, you know, doing low interest you sort of uh, balance transfers and low interest credit cards so that I wasn't paying crazy 18%, you know, interest rates and things like that. That's how my life actually started. So as a young person um, graduating college and trying to navigate my life, I didn't have any, you know, real financial literacy that I learned from my parents. And we didn't have those a lot conversations. Of people, and a lot of young people <laughs> don't, don't know that you can 
request a lower interest rate you after can. you have a credit you card for a certain amount of time. Can. But and another thing is, it's important. It's important to get a credit card. You know, yeah. like, I think that you know, the the way the world works, like we are so afraid of credit cards, and yeah. it's unfortunate because you know a lot of black people lack financial literacy because it it isn't taught in school as well. Like, right. and unless you're in like one of the and like some type of program. You know, this teaching it, you don't know that, especially if your parents never really had it, yeah. right? But understanding that being a credit card owner at a at a young age, early twenties, not saying get it as a as a teen or anything right. like that, but like once you get a job, it's important because the 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 expenses that you regularly would have, if you're budgeting well and you're paying it off every month and you're keeping up yeah. with it, you need that. It's important to build your credit. It is, and that's at a the young part age. that you have to learn though yeah. that you don't know. That's the part that I didn't know. I didn't understand, you know, I'm, you know, have a credit card and I'm just buying stuff. And I know, of course, I have to pay it back, but I'm not thinking about the timing of paying down those expenses. And some credit cards don't even, like don't, they don't, they don't charge you the interest if you're paying it. Exactly. Monthly, and you have right? to know, if so you I have know two, that. So I have, so personally, I have two credit cards, right? One credit card, if I, if I pay, if I, if I'm paying on it monthly, even if I don't pay the whole balance, I don't get hit with the interest you know, the other the other credit card I have, they hit the interest because it's one of those expensive credit cards. So right. regardless of what I, if I'm not paying it off every month, that interest hitting, uh, hitting every month, right. right? And so I understand the two of those. So I know that I'm more likely to pay this one down that got all this, the, the interest is hitting me than the other one. Right. And also understanding that after you have it for a certain amount of time, you can call them and contact them and get your interest rate that lower. That goes back to the power that... Yep. We don't always know that we have because we don't have that level of understanding. Yeah. So, um, you know, so along with understanding that you can apply for a credit card and if, of course, you have a job, you have income and things like that, you can qualify. But you need to understand sort of those rules. Yeah. You know, you need to understand like and, and kind of teach yourself around the literacy part of it, especially if you don't know. And like like I said, if you were like me. And I didn't come from an environment where we talked about that kind of stuff. I wasn't taught that. It wasn't something I knew. I had to figure it out as I went. I made a lot of wonderful mistakes that, thankfully, I was able to repair um, myself over time. But, um, you know, initially, I didn't have a clue. I was just winging it and trying to figure it out. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not just about knowing that you can have access to credit and building that up for yourself but things like that knowing you know what the interest rate really means payoffs understanding all of that and, and getting that rigor kind of built into um how you understand it along the way is important and that kind of goes back to you know one of the points we made on one of the early episodes and just really investing in you know your, yourself and yeah. your knowledge and your development and i think that you know when we look at black business owners as well you know it 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 comes down to really investing in the development of your business. Yeah. Right. Because we have to, you know, they, we've all, it, you've often heard the term or, or the phrase that you have to be twice as good when you're black. Yeah. Right. And that comes that, 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 that's the same, yeah. you know, for business owners, like black business owners have to be twice as good. Yeah. You know, one, one point about that too is, you know, back in the day when, People thought about um, creating a business. If they had a business idea and they were like, I want to start a business. If you go to the Small Business Administration website or any any website that talks about creating a business, one of the first things they talk about and they really harp on is writing a business plan. Yeah. And so in the writing a business plan is important. But, you know, they if you if you don't put it into context, you might spend years 
writing your business plan and not doing the work of trying to establish your business. So the business plan part is still important. But the other things that are really, really important are things like thinking about how you, you're going to go about marketing your business. If you're going to have a business that has an online presence versus a physical presence or you're going to be providing certain services, how do you need to reach people? What kinds of investment are you going to make so that people understand what your business is and so that they're interested you can write that business plan and you can work that business plan for months and that's cool but that marketing piece sometimes might look this big and you really need to put some time into thinking about you know i have this great idea for a business who's my audience and how do i get to them the how do i get to them part is the part that i think sometimes is missing yeah. You know, the business plans talk and, and have hev heavily uh, um, documented information on making sure you know who your audience is, making sure you know who your consumers are and who's going to want to buy your product. That's fantastic. You can figure that out in, in an hour. Like that doesn't take a lot of time to figure out. But how are you going to get to them? We just talked about the fact that there's 40 million plus black people how many is it in the united states i don't know 300 million whatever the total number is people? Of, of people yeah over like 330 like, something, like something like that 330 like million so if there's 330 million people in the u.s how do you get to all of them like you have to really think that big you have to think like i want to establish a business of course you have to put a lot of effort and time into the money part and investment part and how you you know acquire the resources that you need to help but how are you going to get to all these people? Like, how do you, because we talk about, we want people to buy black, but they also need to know who we are and what we're offering. How do we get to them so that we influence their wants and their need and their desire to buy black? Because it's not just about, I don't want you to just buy black just because I'm black. I want you to buy black because our products are fantastic, yeah. because we have services that are wonderful, because we're on equal footing when it comes to the products that we provide to, and we rival other companies. Try us because we have products that are just as good. Don't just do it just to do it. I want you to really pay attention to the fact that black people are making products and providing services that are just as awesome. Yeah. So it's really about encouraging people to make a choice. How do you encourage them to make the choice? You have to put yourselves out there so they can actually see what we're offering. So as yeah. much effort as you're putting into establishing the business, you really need to be thinking about how do you market to everybody in this and country. When we talk, and when we talk about just buying black in general and other races supporting black businesses, you know, I think it comes back to black people supporting black businesses, yes. right? Because, yes. you know, as, as black people, we have about $1.2 trillion, in million, trillion dollars That's in buying power. That's a lot power. of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of right? money. Right? Like, we spend more money than any other demographic or population in right. this country on transportation, yep. apparel, housing, beauty and hair care, beauty and yep. hair products, right? And yep. so we have to support our own, our own, our own people. We have to support Definitely. our own black businesses, right? Yep. Because once we begin to do that, then we'll help our businesses flourish. And then once black businesses are flourishing more, as we've already said, we are hiring more minorities. Yep. We are boosting the economy. Black people are spending more money. I'm not sure if that's the be that, that's a, yeah. that's the best thing, but we're spending more money, right? Like we're spending <laughs> right, more money than right. any other race on just general products. Yeah. On sound equipment, TV, radio. Yeah, you know. Yep. And going back to to one of the points that you made earlier about you know 
black people becoming educated and going back to that 40 year dynamic, about 54% of black people are millennials, 34 years old and younger. What does that mean? That means the growth potential of our buying power is about to be huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And, you know, putting that money back, you know, like, like you said, we, it's, you know, one point whatever trillion dollars is just the amount of money that we're spending is just astronomical. But if, if we're paying attention to where we're spending our money and we're buying black and putting some of that money back into the, the pockets of black businesses, then we'll find, you know, when we, when we talked about what was it, 40% of businesses failed, how many of those businesses were being, uh, you know, supported by all of these trillions of dollars that black people yeah. are spending money. Not, probably not Exactly. Many. So it's things like, so we have to look at the end to end, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot there with respect to companies that are starting, you know, out of the gate, uh, black owned companies, who they're, who's actually buying their products and services and, and where we as consumers are selecting the goods that we're buying and who we're buying it from. We yeah. have the ability to create a huge shift. We have control of that because of just, just the volume of money that we have going out there and where we're, where we're buying and where we're supporting businesses. We, I mean, the- and it, it's, 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 it's interesting because for so long, you know, when I would hear people like, you know, influencers or like entertainers or celebrities like P. Diddy or Jay-Z talking about like buying black and supporting black businesses, like I didn't, I didn't understand it until yeah. I began to do my own research. And I think it also comes down to us doing research you know, right. not only just around black black businesses as a whole, but just really understanding the power of our dollar, the power yeah. of our habits, the power right. of the things we do on an everyday basis and how it really makes this country run. It makes this country go. And, and really, you know, like you said a moment ago, we're spending all of this money and we're helping businesses that don't always look like us. And the bad part about that, the real challenge for that, that that issue is it doesn't go back into our community. Yeah, it doesn't. So we're, we're spending money elsewhere and it's our choice. We're choosing to do that. And then that money doesn't come back yeah. to black communities. And we, we're seeing devastation across our black communities. And I, and, I would and say that's probably one of the that's probably one of the, the best parts of this year and all of these social justice movements and the, the BLM movement. It's you're seeing companies now, you know, say that they're, they're going to invest in black communities and, and racial equity and all right. these different things. But now because everything is heightened and on a platform, we can hold them accountable. Yeah. And it's time for us to hold the, the, yeah. the, the companies that yeah. we, we give our money to accountable. No, I think that's a great point. There are a lot of companies that are actually, you know, publicly saying a percentage of our profits are going to social programs. And and all of this, you know, happened due to uh, the death of George Floyd, the protests, Breonna Taylor, and, and a number of other significant impactful issues that have happened to black people in this country this year. And the, the second part of that, so part one is fantastic. You're going to invest in social programs. You're going to put some of that money into black communities and things like that. The second part is where, when, how. We want to see it. We want to know where it's going. We want to actually, you know, like you said, hold them accountable. We need to see more. So it sounds good. I see the message on the website, but I actually want to see where it's going. I need more information about that because if I'm spending money there, 
I want to actually know that it's going exactly where these companies are saying that they where it's going because a lot of the companies are reacting to everything that's that's happening and I think it's great that they are being socially responsible and 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 holding themselves accountable for doing so but we really need to see we really need to see that the the words are going to a specific purpose and not just uh, words on the website and when so, we talk about and we talk about us seeing those things you know I, I was doing a little more research and black people are more likely to be on social media yeah black people yeah. are more likely to trust advertisement yep yeah um and our younger population is more likely to be technologically savvy yes. and try more technology products yep. than any other race yeah and so what does that mean it goes back to one of the points you made earlier about you know black businesses really understanding how to target and market themselves because if we're doing that appropriately and if companies are doing that appropriately we know where to look right like yep. we're yep. on we're on social media more than anyone else yep. you know we're looking at the news we're getting our information fed to us you know from all these different technological platforms yeah. and so what does that mean that means that we also need to do our due diligence to say, uh, this company's not it. Right. Because not only are we on social media, we're actually talking about the, per the purchases that yep. we're making. We're advertising products for free. We're doing all kinds of stuff to, to make these companies go. So we make, we're making the country go. We're making the product owners go. We're giving them support. We're giving them financial support. We are socializing you know, the products and the offerings that they're providing. And we, we probably need to be a lot smarter about how we do that because we have so much power, yep. you know, behind our dollar and our presence on social media and how we, uh, who and how we support these companies. So I think we need to be more intentional and we need to be smarter about how we do that. And, and, and like we said a few minutes ago, it really all comes down to choice. We're talking about black people choosing. We're talking about white people choosing. We're talking about all races choosing to um, really approach their spending in a different way. Yeah. And, and I really think that's the, big, that's the big point. It's all a choice. Nobody's making us buy what we buy. We're choosing to, to select who we support and who we purchase from. And we can be smart about those choices. And so I guess that, that comes to, to another question I have. How do we get black businesses? Well, I guess if if we begin to support more in black businesses, then in turn, black businesses will support more in our community. And you, yeah. made, the, you made a point about that earlier, about how you know, we support all these companies that aren't investing back in our community. And you know, if we are able to put more dollars into our own hands, that then turns into us being able to support our own communities, creating programs for ourselves. I mean, I know so many black business owners here in D.C., you know, that, that give food away for free, that buy, buy clothing for kids, <clears throat> that support different programs, that do things around the holidays. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but a lot of these larger white companies, like even some of the biggest ones that have funding, aren't doing that. Like yeah. they, a piece of it is they don't know where to go or what to do. Another piece of it is, they have so many policies and stipulations around 
they're giving that they yeah. aren't actually what they can do. They actually aren't giving you know they aren't having an impact yeah and there's there's just something about understanding your own people that makes black businesses give you know to our communities more yeah and and that's why it's so important yeah it is and i think that you know there's some companies that have uh, it, it kind of reminds me of what we're seeing now trending about buying black hashtag buy black there are some companies that dedicate like a day or dedicate a program and things like that and you know in the in the black community because we're kind you know because we come from these environments that have been um that haven't been supported financially in the same way it makes us naturally want to give back to our communities but i think that we have to find ways to encourage non-black companies to do that too yeah. because right now the black the black businesses are still the minority there's still a small drop in the bucket when it comes to these larger you know corporate companies and even um, other small businesses that are not black so we we need to find ways to encourage other companies to do that so it's so much bigger than buying black and it's so much bigger than a buy black day yeah. It's so much bigger than that. We really need to think about or a blackout day on social blackout media. Day. We have to pay attention to or what we're not gonna buy that from like all those all those. Right. Little, it's, it's, it's more so than that. Big. It's, it's about the that. economy. Yeah. What are we going to do about the? economy? And I think that's what's probably so frustrating, you know, for me when I when I look at some of the policies that you know our government instills and, yeah. and some of the rhetoric that that's spewed out right. on TV and on the media. It's like you all should be pushing. For black businesses to thrive, for black people to thrive, because if you pick, everybody. if you pick up, if you pick up your 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 lowest or you know neediest, I don't want to say neediest isn't even the right word, but like the, your populations of people, not saying yeah. just black people, but minorities yeah, in yeah. general, where it may be, right? Then you can make this country thrive. You know, by twenty fifty. Majority, there will no longer be a majority right. race right. in this country. Black, white people won't be the majority no more. And it's, so it yeah. behooves them, it behooves like our, is that how I say it? Behooves? Yeah, I think it's you like, said it. I said it right. I didn't <laughs> I even make sure I said it right. right, 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 right. I don't know. You said it right. You right? said it right. But like, it behooves government officials to figure out ways to invest in minority and, and black institutions and communities and businesses more now for the betterment of our country like a, if you so, really care yeah. about america right then you will right. this yeah. that's what you would do it's an economic equality plan it's a plan to bring all of the cultures races uh the financial gaps that we have bring it up to an even playing field. Yeah. That's really what it's about. That will then bolster the economy. You cannot have a superior economy with the financial gap, the wealth gap. The, with, the, with different subsets of people no, struggling. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. Because like I said in the beginning, what the downstream effect is when you want this economy to, to, to boom, you're not going to have that because over here, you're going to have a number of programs that you're going to have to put in place for the set of impoverished yeah. people. It's 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 just it, and it that's you why, cannot get away from that's it. That's why it's I love happen. that's why I love Robert Smith's plan of corporations giving a percentage of their bottom line, you know, towards 
black communities and reparations. Yeah. Like the the topic of reparations, you know, is is so important because again, we've only been free for 40 years, right? And I I can't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say it's been about over 14 trillion dollars have come was was of of the of the United States economy or institutions were built on the backs of slaves. About yeah. $14 trillion worth yeah. of value. I think it may be a little more than that. But, you know, I mean, they're, they're crucifying Robert Smith now, right? The rich black man. They're, they're, they yeah. They got him under the IRS scrutiny and all this stuff because yep. it's because yep. he came out and said this. Yep. But someone to say it, and I'm, I'm so happy that, that he's using his platform to speak up on it because, you know, everyone, it's easy to say that reparations aren't fair or there's not needed, but it's like, no. Right. It is needed because, right. again, going back to the to the point of bringing up a subset of your population so that we can all thrive. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And that's that's what's wrong with capitalism in general. Like, yeah. I'm a capitalist. Like, yeah. I believe when we should all thrive and make about, money. When you think about, you know, but... part of the history lesson is when, you know, when slavery was abolished. I mean, I know we did a little bit of the history lesson in one of the early episodes, but when slavery was abolished, there were programs put into place for slave masters who now didn't have free labor to tend to their fields, to, to support their homes, their plantations. There were programs put into place to help them thrive. Yeah. Oh, wow, now you don't have slaves to help you. Let's, put some fin- let's give you some financial help. So if you think about that, if you just really go back and think about what that means and black people had to start and figure it out, you know, figure out life is, is now a free person with nothing no education nothing no skills absolutely nothing it, it, the, the way it was set up it was almost it was making going back into the fields like this is the not sun such, like, yeah, like, the, like, like this isn't such like, a bad idea you know i'm gonna go back here right i mean seriously we knew nothing else. i mean and those are facts that yeah. is the truth if you think about what that did for the you know the, the the slave masters during that time versus the sheer volume of black people that now had nothing to start with if you fast forward that till now look at where we are we still have this huge disparity and it's only going to continue to grow that gap is going to widen significantly I mean, to, so if if the powers that be think that me, this company is going to thrive to me it makes to me it makes no not, sense not right like again like we have these government officials that go they can go on TV and say you know, black people are criminals. Like they're committing all these crimes. They're thieves. They're blah 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 blah. Invest in our communities. Invest in the help community. us help us thrive and elevate. And in turn, that helps our entire economy. Yeah, and that's why. But that's where there's so much messaging around defunding the police. And I know we talked about this before, but. You know, people are trying to find it's like we're, we're clawing and digging and trying to find funding someplace to take away from, you know, things like uh, unfair policing and things and, and, you know, all these unfair practices to put them into the community. How about we really put money into the like have funding streams for the community? Why do we have to figure out where to pull it from and how to revamp this program and how to revamp that one? Why can't we have more dedicated money to really improve the communities that are that are suffering right now? And I mean, let's let's be frank. Let's 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 be very frank. It's because a lot of our government officials are point blank racist. Yeah, they are. Well, that's the way it is. There's that. And and one prime example is, you know, Trump 
creating that executive order to roll back on diversity and inclusion programming in all government agencies. All government agencies. Crazy. And most people don't know. When when presidents sign these executive orders, it's not like it's just all of a sudden broadcasted on on the news and the media. Like... Most people don't even know that no, that, that just happened. Exactly we know because we do right. a diversity and inclusion training, right. but it's, it's yep. crazy. And when those executive orders are put in place, they become it yeah. immediately. Those yeah. programs stop immediately. So these programs, there are no more um, uh, allowed and approved diversity and inclusion programs in the government if they're not approved, approved by the Office of Personal Management. And if you think about, if you know, you probably don't know, but if you think about all the work that OPM, the Office of Personal Management has to do, they are the clearinghouse for um, approving executives uh, across the government. They're the clearinghouse for um, supporting policies and procedures about hiring practices, benefits practices, time and, and approval and leave. So everything that's happening by way of COVID and uh, flexible um, work arrangements and everything that's had to shift from a human resources perspective in the government, all of that comes out of OPM. So how how ready is OPM to start approving new diversity and inclusion programs you know, in addition to all the other stuff that they have to do. So that means that the downstream effect is these programs are going to be paused indefinitely. Yeah. Indefinitely. No more programs about diversity inclusion at all across the federal government. And so that comes back to, you know, black people doing their due diligence and educating ourselves, especially as business owners, to understand things like that. Right. Right. Like what, and how are government agencies approving contracts? You know, what programs are being instituted versus taken yeah. away and rolled back? And that comes back to, yeah. you know, what we said earlier Understanding the administration. About understanding What's the administration, administration, being adaptable. Yeah. And, you know, if we aren't setting ourselves up in a position to succeed, and it's unfortunate that we have to work twice as hard as any other race to actually get ahead, but that, that is the, that is the, the paradigm that... Yeah that we're faced with yeah and we have to do those things so that we can thrive yep you know we 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 have to yeah and one thing that i think is important too for us to do um in the absence of having financial support and help you know one of the things that i think sometimes as black people we're challenged with or it, it it could be looked at potentially as an impediment or a hurdle for our success is we don't we don't always want to ask you know, our uh, non-black counterparts that are successful for help. But there are a lot of willing business owners that will mentor, that will coach, that will assist. You know, everybody's not racist. You know, there's, you know, everybody's not racist. Everybody is not racist. Right. And there there are a lot of companies that um, will help, will, will, will point you to the right places to go. Um, to, to support you and we'll offer, like I said, coaching and mentorship um, in establishing your business. And we, so I want, I want to make sure that, you know, for, for all the black people that are listening, I don't want people to, to walk away with thinking that we're saying, talk to black people, help black people. It's all about black people. Um, yeah, we're talking about bolstering the economy and supporting black um, businesses, but with respect to those black firms and those companies that need help, Ask whoever is doing it well. Ask whomever is doing that well. If it's not your black sister or brother that's doing it well, ask, you know, whomever is out there that's doing it well. And we've said that, we've said that, we've said this before. You know, it's important 
you know, for black people to thrive, for us to have allies, yeah. you know, white allies. And I've said yep. this, you know, one of the first things you asked in this episode was, you know, how have we succeeded at good and how right. have we been able to act, you know, access, you know, certain streams of funding. And I've said this before, I've actually received more support from right. white mentors. Right. I've received yep. more support from white mentors than black mentors or winters of any yep. other race, yep. and that's what helped me succeed. And to the point you just made, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there and ask for help. Yeah, you know, it's it's this isn't this conversation isn't to say white people are bad. This right. is this conversation isn't to say you know white people won't help you or or white people are trying to suppress and hold black people down. Right. This conversation is to say one black people we need to support one another. Absolutely. To the systems in which our country operates naturally suppresses black yeah. people. Yeah. And three, as a black person, you have to do your due diligence to invest in yourself, to educate yourself, and to be adaptable in a way so that allows you and your community to thrive. Yeah. So it, this conversation is really... It's like throwing a a, air, a paper airplane and it goes around and comes back to you. Right. It comes right back to you. <laughs> this conversation, all of that we've said thus far is to say, as a black person, you have to look in the mirror and really ask yourself how or what you need to do better to succeed. Yeah. And if you do that, you will succeed because this country is set up for all people to thrive if you know how to navigated systems if you know how yeah. to utilize the resources available and if you know how to play the game right unfortunately it is a game it definitely and is. that's why all people don't thrive in this right. country right. because it is a game yep. and you have to know how to navigate it and play yep. it but at the same time if you do you can thrive yeah absolutely you can thrive you can I thrive those are excellent points so you know i think ultimately you know any person is watching this episode you know has taken away a couple of different points that just says, you got to grind. You do. You got to grind. You do. You got to grind. And if it hasn't been working for you thus far, think about everything we said and take a hard, take a different look at it. You look at it again and figure out where you can get help, where you can get support, or where you might need to kind of tweak your approach. Because you can be successful. There are tons of businesses that are successfully thriving there's a ton of businesses that started this year that yeah. are doing well and you know hopefully um they'll continue to do well with with the right level of support and um consumer interest they'll continue to do well yeah. but um yeah look at look at what your what your approaches are and and perhaps there's some some things that you can do differently so that you can be successful too and as a black person to that same to that same standpoint look at what industries we aren't in, right? Like we, like one yeah, of the things we said is, point. you know, we we're we're in the beauty space, right? We're in the the digital marketing yep, advertising yep, space, yep. right? Like what industries aren't black yeah. aren't black people in? Because those industries are going to be where 
large companies and white people right. are looking to support right. black entities. And the other thing is if you, so a lot of what I know people do is they look at where black people are spending money and they're like, oh, I want to, I want to be a part of that. And now the market is becoming over, overly saturated with, you know, hair care products and, you know, entertainment and all these different things. And not, not to say that there's not still room there, but, um, what you said was was really important. Look at where we're not spending money because there may be some great opportunities for you yep. to tap into that market and thrive. And it all comes back to adaptability. I'm, I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I like that adaptability and endurance. Yeah. I think that that's key. That's it. That's key. That that's was it. that was great. Dropping gems. That's dropping gems. It, y'all. <laughs> all right. On that note, I think we're done for the day. Inside. That was black good episode. Work. Color scheme. The black episode. <laughs> Like I said, I put I put my friend shirt on because we we, they, we friends. We are friends. We're friends. We are friends. Black people, black people, we we friends. We are. White people, we're friends. <laughs> Love us.